And welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today is filmmaker Chris Burgard, who, you know, it's, who did a new documentary called Border. Keith and I watched it. Uh, you know, we recommend you check it out. You can get it at bordermovie.com. You know, it's not a pleasant movie to watch, but it's, um, educational. It's, yeah, it's a real movie to watch. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on down there? And, you know, I think, Chris, your whole point is to get people involved, isn't it? Like, for them to really understand what's happening. Absolutely. Pay attention, participate. You don't need to think like me, just think. <laughs> That's right. Very good. We need thinking people. You know, I tried to put humor in the movie, but, I mean, when you're working with, you know, people that are dying of thirst in the desert and suffering, it's kind of hard to make it real upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with true facts. It's it's not too pretty of a picture. So what do some of these ranchers and their children and their wives go through all across oh, the man. border of America? Okay. Well, it's like you saw Linda Vickers. Imagine coming home from, from work. Your husband's a veterinarian. You come down, you live out in the country, pretty far from anyone else. You come down your quarter-mile driveway. Your dogs run up to see you. They're happy to see you. They drop a white ball at your feet. You reach down to throw the ball for them, and it's not a ball. It's a human skull. And it's a woman that the coyotes left behind to die, not but a couple hundred yards from the front door of your house. I mean, imagine that same woman six months earlier having people trying to break into her house and there's 20 or 30 guys outside and she needs to come out the front door and fire a shotgun blast in the air to disperse the crowd. Or imagine your husband checking on some cows a couple miles down the road and your next-door neighbor had been had his truck jacked, had been tied to a, tr- a tree, and then shot three times with a high-powered rifle, and your husband is a veterinarian finds him and it's only because he's a veterinarian and he found him when he did that he can keep this guy alive and not bleed out by the time he gets him to the hospital. What, um, what, what country? I can go on and on with these people going through. We would like you to do that, but first of all, what country is this you're talking about? Uh, this would be the United States of America. Oh, my. Isn't that amazing? I just want to say that, to, you know, I used to think the United States was a different place. You know, when we did this movie, I think for the eight-year period, um, when we were out there for the previous like six or seven years, there had been about 283 recorded incursions of the Mexican military into U.S. territory. You talk to some of the ranchers down there, they laugh at that. I mean, that the people that helped us find the place where, where we filmed those yeah. paramilitaries coming across the border, they're like, we see this all the time. And you know, an interesting thing to note, you know, in, in our movie, you see us film people bringing a, a mule train across the border, uh, military formation. Yep. These fellows have uniforms. Yep. Uh, they're very disciplined. They're carrying weapons. F- Fifteen months after I shot that, well, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm told by the federal government, the Border Patrol asked me for copies of the film. They can use it for training. They say it'll help save lives of young agents at the academy. I'm like, Absolutely. And we gave them a copy. Then I get a phone call from someone else saying, Mr. Burgard, you need to understand that you broke the law by filming on federal land without a permit. Mr. Burgard, if you come back here again, you will be arrested and your equipment will be confiscated. Then 15 months later, Mexican military comes across the border, the same place where I was with my cameras, runs into National Guard troops, and the National Guard troops are told to just observe and pull back twice until reinforcements come. And then just last week, 
you've got four Mexican military comes across the border in the same sector, and they hold the border patrol agent at gunpoint are you in America. Are you saying that these are from the government of Mexico, their military people are doing this? Um, I am saying that the fellows that we filmed came across from Mexico wearing military uniforms, carrying arms. Now, whether these are private mercenaries for the narco armies, they could be Zetas, they could be rogue fellows from the military, they could be regular Mexican military troops. I don't know because I didn't stop and get their 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 IDs. I know that the reports from the National Guard troops 15 months later, these were trained military personnel in military uniforms. The reports I've read on what happened last week said it was for... Uh, Mexican military personnel who did this. Um, I've become acquainted with Sheriff uh, Arvin West down in Hudspeth County. You may remember last year on January 23rd, they were in a drug chase, three SUVs. They got one of them, two more headed back to the Rio Grande, tried to get back to Mexico. They get stuck in the middle of the Rio Grande. Arvin's guys are on the American side with their squad cars, and on the other side, the south side, pulls up Mexican military in Humvees holding the American cops off while these drug cartel guys go in and unload the two SUVs. Totally paid off. And then hmm. they find, by by getting the, the, the numbers off the, uh, in, in close-up photography off one of the Humvees, yep. it turns out it's one of the Humvees we donated to the Mexican military a few years back. Uh. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Chris Burgard, filmmaker of Documentary Border. We will be right back with more. Stay with us. 